Welcome to Mask by Shield. This is a safe space for women of African descent to have conversations that matter. Get ready to unmask pain, unveil strength, and unleash progress. I am your host, Tope Fajengbisi Balogun. And if I were you, I'd grab a pen and paper to take notes. I don't even know where to start, but my guest today describes herself as a strawberry. Yes, you heard me right. Strawberry. That one that is an ice cream and the one that we all like to eat. Strawberry, welcome to Unmask by Shio. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. Okay, so why strawberry? After some self-discovery, I've often thought about my how would I describe myself to somebody else or how would somebody describe me? And for me, a strawberry comes to mind because it's sweet and it can be tart at the same time. You can get all the goodness of the strawberry, the juices, the vitamin C, the everything. But if you bite into a strawberry at the end of the day, you're still going to get a little bit of a tartness. It's exotic enough for it not to be found everywhere. Hmm. It's sweet and juicy and it can be tart. It can bite you. Yeah. Hmm. So that describes me. So I shouldn't bite you. That's what you're saying right now. Well, if you bite, just be ready. (laughs) (laughs) I can be all sweet and nice, but if you bite, you know what I mean? If a strawberry's not ripe enough, or it's grown under certain conditions or it just doesn't come out right the tartness is increased but if you treat it well strawberry will give you the best flavors mm. ever wow and you know when i saw that i thought about the sweet side of you which is that i know but i thought about some of your experiences which we're going to talk about today that where that tartness would have come out and i think by the time we're done with this interview in the next 30 minutes my audience will have an idea you know both sides it's not news that, you know, somebody goes into a marriage and it doesn't work out. That's not news. And it's also not news that sometimes some of us ladies find ourselves in marriages with men who are just narcissistic human beings, who are just angry with the world. But what is news is that you, looking back, you saw the sign from the first moment. Mm. Huh. Tell us about the sign you saw. Okay, the very first day that I had a conversation with my, um, well, I'm separated, I'm not divorced, but with my ex-spouse, because that's how I think of him. We were at a gathering and we were sitting at a table with other people and a waiter came and hit a lady who was sitting, you know, hit her chair whilst he was trying to serve food. And his reaction was a bit alarming. But um, instead of fight or flight, I'm one of those people who just, first of all, stops and freezes and tries to figure out what is going on. I didn't um, react. I more responded in terms of asking him you know why did you do that what you know what what was that about and at the end of the day the conversation went along and then he said something like oh now that I've seen that you can handle my anger You you didn't run or, you know, retreat. You actually just stood and, you know, confronted the anger. So I can tell them that you are, you know, a suitable person to be with. Hmm. And I kind of laughed it off at that point in time, but it should have been an indication of the fact that this was somebody, because we all were kind of having to beg and placate him and just Ah. try and be like, oh, it's not the end of the world. You know, it was a mistake. I don't think this guy, you know, meant to do that. And we... We had to kind of appeal to him to let it go, so to speak. Wait, I'm sorry. I need to stop you. Did you say yeah. the waiter hit somebody else or hit him? 
hit somebody else's chair hit the back of somebody else's chair ah okay I, i'm sorry i, I thought uh, maybe i'm the one who didn't understand yeah so ah. the, yes i mean that should have been a red flag that was a red flag but i chalked it up to him trying to defend the person whose chair was hit and him just trying to be a gentleman and you know standing up for the little person so to speak you know but at that point in time i just thought oh it was all about chivalry because it was a lady whose seat was hit you know i didn't really think much of it it didn't really register in my mind until you know a later time when the anger came out again and I thought oh my goodness you mm. know this was even before we got married yes the anger came out again and I thought oh my god you know but by that time I had kind of committed myself to that relationship wow wow Whew. I thought I was ready for this interview <laughs> Uh, okay so you were just telling me about the ground zero where you saw exactly the preview of what was about to be your life mm-hmm. somehow your brain interpreted it to mean oh he was just standing up for the little guy how does mm-hmm. that to us women how I don't know. I think sometimes we are kind of wired to be the peacemakers, to be the ones who are nurturers. And um, so we kind of try to make sense of a lot of things that don't make sense. It's really not our responsibility to make sense of certain things that don't make sense. But we are kind of wired like that or we have been taught to be like that. So and I think it's it's also different for different people. I think some other people would have seen that. I think I was a bit naive as well. You know, some other person would have seen that and been like, you know, there's no way I'm going to do this. This is just not for me. And uh, I always want to help. I always think that um, I can always help to make sense of certain things. And sometimes even that rational part of you, when it takes over, you want to rationalize everything and find a reason why things happen. Well, things just happen, you know, sometimes just because that's just how the person is. You know, there's no real reason for it. It helps if one is able to understand the kind of things to look out for or to recognize the signs. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why i'm willing to do this well you know as somebody who also has the benefit of looking back after being married to somebody who was at the time angry i hope he's not angry anymore one of the things that i think happened with me was that i was desperate Mm. so if i was desperate because i was 31 at the time and i thought i was past my expiry period so Mm -hmm. if i was desperate i wasn't going to see the fact that two weeks after I met my ex-husband, he and I were having an argument about the fact that he didn't have a barbecue to celebrate his birthday because he didn't have a job. And he was saying he should. And the next thing, the phone cut off. And I thought, hmm, why did the phone cut off? And then he called me back and he told me, look what you made me do. He had smashed his phone against the wall. And that should have been my indication of, hmm, be done. It's over. But I was too desperate. I was 31 and I didn't have any proposal to marry like my life was six years past the expiry period was there any part of that of course there was i was 34 when i got married Ah. i was 34 going to be 35 Hmm. yeah so for me it was a really big deal i wanted to be married and i hadn't exactly had success with past relationships i hadn't really been in proper past relationships to be honest there was always a sense of me not being good enough or me not being you know even though people would say oh you're beautiful oh you're smart 
oh yeah this oh yeah that so i just never really saw it yeah. so i always needed kind of that validation and when i met this person right he gave me that sense of oh my goodness how would anybody have ever let you go before in the first place you know so it, i was bombarded with you know the things i had dreamed of happening to me in a relationship at a time when in the past i would have those kind of things i would have been like oh, yeah whatever i'm not impressed but at that point in time like i said i was 34 i met him a week before my 35th birthday hmm. yes yeah, so you know and he was like look i'm not here for anything else i just want to marry you and i thought uh-uh. Uh-uh. and you know and after a few months i now said okay you know what i agreed to get married to you and then he used to say things like oh you made me marry you at that time i wasn't ready uh. i'm like are you joking do you understand you asked me to marry you. so it was mind games man it was there was a lot of mind games going on in there and sometimes i would wonder and i'd be like did i dream you know what i mean did i dream about these things happening so there was a lot of mind games going on there and um, to be honest it is desperation there's not that word for it let's be honest with ourselves and then i think you know the more women like you and i can keep this real the better it is for other people who are coming behind so that when they feel that desperation they don't feel mm-hmm. like the worst thing in the world you know you are a very successful person and somehow at some point in your life you thought you needed this label of being married to somebody to mm-hmm. achieve some sort of success you didn't think that it was enough unless somebody came mm-hmm. and said the words that you should be saying to yourself anyway but before i come back to your husband i want to go back to how you were raised mm-hmm. you know your parents i think they're very wonderful people but there's mm-hmm. something about being the baby of the family being the last mm-hmm. one having older siblings that somehow muted your voice can you talk about that okay my parents like you said they're lovely wonderful people my siblings are much older than i am we're talking 15 13 and 11 years difference it wasn't a five-year six-year gap thing they were much much older than i was you know so it was a question of we're talking who are you you know this little runt you know what do you have to say and um, my parents are also people who believe that children should be seen and not heard and you you kind of had to get to a certain level before your voice could be heard you were just meant to do as you were told that didn't exactly help in giving me self-confidence i was a bit awkward you know as a child you know and i didn't get that kind of validation from my parents my siblings one of my sisters actually tried to do a really good job she really did try i think she's one of the people that actually lets me have a voice you know at a later time in my life she would ask you know say it say whatever is on your mind you don't have to think Mm. too much about it just say it but growing up being the baby of the house in a family where they're much older, they're much more stuck in their ways, it did not help. And it was those kind of things, if you got in trouble, you know, my parents would first of all be like, what did you do wrong? They wouldn't, you know what I mean? That was their first instinct. It wasn't a question of, oh, let me take your side first and then when we get home or whatever, we'll talk about it. No, it was a question of, you must have done something wrong. Somebody is not going to come up and say you've done something. You must have. Having a voice was, <laughs> it took a really long time before I felt that I could express myself. Yeah, so I would get into trouble if I reported certain things. It was as simple as that. So then when you then met a man who seemed like he's a little rough around the edges, which was not just the rough around the edges, it was a little rough inside everywhere. But it looked to you that, oh, this man may be the place where I'm supposed to be. So I wanted you to talk about how growing up without a voice, so to say, and then meeting this man who valued they told you made you a little bit blind mm-hmm. to the dangers ahead to be honest by 
at the time I met my now, you know, ex, I had already started to speak up. By that time, I had developed a voice, so to speak. But I've always had a thing for tortured souls. I don't think I've ever dated anybody that does not have some, you know, thing going on. I've always been attracted to that kind of personality. So I think him coming in at that time just fit into that thing of, oh, I can help. I can do something, you know, to help this person to heal or to be a better person. Sometimes you unknowingly attract those kind of people because you want to be able to be the one to say yes i helped to save this person mm. so by the time i met him yes i already had a voice so to speak but i'll be honest there were certain things that he did that really drew me to him like i had a slip disc at one time and he was very very supportive you know practically moved into my parents house they were out of the country at that time you know would take me for doctor's appointments help to you know cook or make meals for me and it was really, really good. He really made me feel very, very special, you know. So by that time, it was now a question of him not just having a voice. It was like, oh my goodness, this person thinks I'm so important, you know, that they're able to drop everything that they're doing and come and be with me. But I realized along the way that it wasn't a question of dropping everything that to come and be with me, but he really wasn't doing anything. So, he didn't have that time. so you, you then became a job. I then became a job. Huh. He would come to the house, come and get me in my car, drive me off to work. You know, this is why we were still dating. Drive me off to work and then come back and pick me up from work later on in the evening. You know, bring me back home. You know, he would do that sometime. And I thought that was really, really nice and very sweet of him, you know, because I'd be tired after getting back from work and this and that. Yeah, I thought that that was really nice and sweet of him to, you know, to do that. So he used to do really sweet things, hmm. you know. But if you now look at it, you now realize that he wasn't just doing them because he was sweet he was doing them because he also served his purpose yeah and this narcissistic man they somehow mm-hmm. find a way to be 80 percent nice and overcompensating mm-hmm. when they're not you know trying to hurt you and kill you and then when they're doing that their motive is the same as when they're putting you down yeah get you in a position of weakness is mm-hmm. all the thing whether they do it through shouting or they do it through hitting or they do it through buttering you up it's to mm-hmm. get you in a position of weakness and you know this is just scary <laughs> You are listening to a mask by Shio. I am Tope Fajimbisi Balogun. Hello, Shio 100 tribe members. Please pardon my interruption. I will let you get back to a mask in a second. But I wanted to tell you that on August 22nd, we're unveiling something really special in the community. We will be having a huge lineup of speakers and the theme is going to be your life on purpose what is your life on purpose find out more when next you are in the community your life on purpose don't miss it save the date august 22nd 2020 now let's get back to masking pain unveiling strength and unleashing progress you are listening to your mask by shio i am tope fajimbisi balogun now you got married to this man. 
Mm-hmm. And at some point, you were like, oh, snap, this is not going to work. How yeah. did you, the baby of the family, go mm-hmm. back to tell the older siblings and the parents mm-hmm. that, I'm sorry, this is not working? And what kind of reaction oh. did you get? <laughs> 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 I think by the time I got married, my parents had been married for, I think, 54 years or something. Whoa. 53 years. My older sister had been married for, yeah, about almost 30 years at that time. Whoa. My second sister had been married for about 22 years. My brother had been married for about 14 years. Okay. Okay, so how then do you go back and say to them, excuse me, I think that there's a problem. Hmm. Now, like I said, after it got to a certain point in time, I kind of, you know, became the peacemaker of of the family where my siblings would now include me in in a lot of things. It now even became a question of, I'm not here. Certain decisions would not be taken because I was more, like I said, I can be quite rational. So I would want to hear both sides of the story. Oh no, this is what you did that is right but you have to see from b side you know when you do consulting you need to break things down and then be able to see things you know you know what i mean to see um things from two different angles you know that now became my reality that's how i was with my siblings you know they'd have fights and these are people that like i said are 15 13 and 11 years old and they would come and be like you come and educate and then i'd be in the middle saying no this is this and that is that so after having seen all that and seen how their own marriages were their husbands were people that i could talk to their husbands were people that I could just with you know you know to a certain extent I did have that kind of you know a relationship like that you know how would I then say that I think I've made a mistake it, it took a lot I became a little withdrawn from them because you don't want to start to tell tales and you think that you're an adult and you should be able to deal with these things so it took a really really long time I think the first time I spoke to any of my siblings that I actually sat with them and spoke to them about maybe not being happy or, or whatever I must have been at least two and a half years into it at that time hmm. and it was something that one of my sisters the one that was around me quite a bit so it was now not a hidden thing it was a question of oh he's badly behaved those were their terms by the time i finally said oh you know what i'm really unhappy they were like really wow we can tell because it's not a kind of situation to be in that one would be happy you know it wasn't now a question of me even saying anything it was a question of people seeing things i think doing things in front of people and people being like hang on a minute why are you not reacting to this Hmm. you know sometimes i'll make excuses oh he didn't mean it like that you guys you're just seeing things that aren't there Hmm. So by the time I finally opened up to be able to be like, you know what, I think that there might be a problem in here. It wasn't too bad because like I said, things had happened Hmm. by that time. So it was now a question of, so how do you manage this situation? How do you manage, you know, this person's behavior? How do you deal with it? How do you now build enough strength and enough resilience to be able to deal with it? And by the time I finally said, you know what, hang on a minute, I don't even want to deal with this anymore. Yeah, by that time, it was kind of like, well, you've done your best. Oh my God, but what did it do to you that you finally did this thing and then this thing didn't work? Um, it was a very humbling experience. I actually felt ashamed. I felt like I had failed my family. Hmm. First of all, I was the only person who had put them in certain situations. Like I said, people were getting insulted. It wasn't a very pretty sight. This is somebody talking back to my parents. This is somebody talking back to my older siblings, their spouses. So they took quite a bit that they would have otherwise not because they were trying to protect me. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you make somebody like that angry, then it's your sister or your child that is going to suffer the consequences yeah so they always used to try and not generally add fuel to the fire and i felt really bad because i made them go through that i will not lie that was one of the things that broke my heart you know having my parents you know being shouted at 
by somebody and being told off by somebody that was not up to their children's like, age. Like, like Yoruba people will say, until Exactly. Yeah, this is somebody who was younger yeah. than everybody else. That is the worst thing. It made me feel really bad for putting my family in a situation like that where they, you know, had to swallow certain things simply because they were trying to protect me, so to speak. And then me as a person, it really messed with my psyche. And then at one point in time, I thought, you know, you know what? At the end of the day, Shabi, you just weren't the kind of person that could be loved anyway. So why are you surprised? Mm, You know, somebody tells you, you make it hard for me to love you. Oh, it rings in your ears. What? It rings in your ears all the time. And I'm like, what have I done that has made it hard? And then I shut down. Like I said, I'm not the fight or, or flight kind of person. I just freeze. I just can't react at that point in time because my brain has just said what it took me talking to other people and realizing that i wasn't the only one who had gone through something similar so it was just the person that i chose to be with that just didn't work and then sometimes i would look back and i would say maybe if i'd done things in a different way or i'd done things in a different manner but i could have done the same thing with somebody else and it would have been fine yeah so it wasn't entirely my fault because i know that as a human being of course there's certain things that you do that even you you know that yes you are pushing this person's button but it came to a point in time where I was not like you know what I don't care whatever is going to happen should happen I'm not going to massage your ego anymore yes and I think that that's when he now started to try to make an effort to do better but then the glimpse of the old him would come out you know and I'd be like "Uh uh-huh you see it was all a front so to speak so I I can't be on tenterhooks around you all the time because I don't know what's that way to say that's going to set you off Wow. I mean, unless you've been through a marriage that is chaotic, you might be hearing the words. It is not for the faint at heart. And I'm so glad that you had the courage to look beyond what will people say? How would this validate what I'm feeling about myself anyway? I'm glad that you had the courage to rise above all of that and decide that your life is worth joy. And that even if that joy doesn't include bearing a man's last name, let that happen. But I'm worth being happy. And I think that it takes a lot for women to get to the point of feeling like they're worth being happy. I cannot speak for men. I know there are men who are in bad relationships, but I can only speak for myself from, you know, what I've gone through. One of the things that you wrote in one of our chats once that you said sometimes you would get home and you'll be in your car and the ignition will be running for 15 minutes before mm-hmm. you switch it off. Why? Why were you doing that? Um, Because I didn't know which version I would meet when I walked into the house. Huh. Yeah, you see, sometimes he made it seem like I was overreacting or it's not that bad i still think that he has his sweet side i don't think he's a bad person i just think that you know it's probably his own response to traumas that he's had in his life some of those traumas i believe are self-inflicted but he plays the victim role very very well generally i didn't know sometimes i walk into the house and i'd meet the sweetest person i've ever met in my life and then sometimes i'd walk into the house and i'd meet this person who could say something like i've been waiting for you all day and now that you're fine here I don't really have anything to say to you wow yes I tell people that a lot of things were not overt things they were not oh you would walk in and you somebody would be screaming or yelling at you it was just certain phrases or certain things well, that I would pick it's up like on. You, you take a tire and just puncture it boom yeah 
I've been waiting for yeah. you and then you are here. <laughs> you don't really know how it messes with you until when you are not in that relationship and you sit back and you are like, wow, I cannot believe I took this for this long. I just cannot believe it. Ooh. You know? Ooh. Yes. And then another thing was, I'm one of those people that I assess things quickly. In my own mind, I assess it equally and I'm like, oh, this is not working. You know, let me try another method or let me try another thing. So when I would say to him, I don't think this thing is working. I think that we're having really major issues that I think that we really need to deal with. Then maybe we should just go our separate ways. You'd be like, you give up too easily. Ah. You know, we're supposed to fight for this thing. Ah. I'm like, when he says fight for your marriage, I don't think it literally means hurt <laughs> each other to the point where yes because he used to say that and he'd be like you don't know how to fight for anything and i'm like well i've been taught that you work hard at something but that times when you have to take a back step and be like is this thing assess whether it's working or not yeah. is it working yes yeah and you're fine then if you're on the right path is it not working or is it making you feel unhappy then you have to assess it as well and that's exactly what i'm doing i did not go into a marriage thinking to myself that i'm going to be unhappy most of my marriage i went into marriage looking at my parents and my siblings and thinking that man they're going to be times when you're going to want to break this person's head but at the end of the day that is your guy yep true. you know what i mean this is your ride or die person yes but if you put me in a situation where i do not even want to ride or die with you i don't want to do either i don't want to do either yeah then there's a problem sometimes one has to remove emotions from this it's not a question of how i feel or oh you make me happy and because of that i stop there one also has to use your one's head Wow. But you know, the, here's the thing. There is that moment you find out, well, we've come to the end of the road. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the moment that you leave the marriage. There is a, a period between I am at the end of the road and this is mm-hmm. definitely hell and I need to leave. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the moment you pack your things and leave. Between mm-hmm. that period, I find, in my experience, it's just the hardest time because the person that you are trying to leave might start bringing some good side. Or, yes. <laughs> or you talk to people and they start trying to talk you out of your truth you know make you feel like you have not tried enough but you know that okay we've already reached the end of the road and we need to go tell me about that waiting period for you ah i am one of those people that the day i decide that day i'm mentally out when i'm mentally out of something i'm mentally out there's really not much in anybody can say at that point in time something happened one day and you know i had been thinking oh i want to leave oh i want to leave uh, you know i think that we have too many issues i think i also said to him at one time that i thought that we needed a break that maybe we should just take a break from each other miss each other a bit and then come back and then see what it is that we missed about each other and you know try and remember what made us happy with each other at the beginning because i was also thinking like i said to myself that obviously things that i'm doing that he doesn't like as well i'm not an angel yeah so i know that there are things that i'm doing that probably frustrating this person as well you know so i tried to talk about that and he said no there was no need we are meant to stick it out and you know it is a lot of hard work I'm like, I don't think it should be this hard. <laughs> you, you, you know? No, like I said, I had been thinking it. Then one day something happened and I told myself, you know what? I've had it. I had been doing searches on my computer for place to rent because I didn't want to go to my parents' house. I wanted us to separate for a bit and actually come back again as a couple that now understand what marriage is about and are willing to both work at it. That was what I wanted. Hmm. So, like I said, there was an incident that happened and we had this really, really bad argument, right? And I just told myself, I said, you know what? I don't think that this is good for either of us. So I think that, you know, I'm just going to have to 
move or whatever. And then, and I went out and I started looking for a place to live. And um, he came across the searches on my computer. And wow. By this time, you know, I knew that I just had to get up and leave. So it was an incident that happened that I just said to myself, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I don't think it's right on my own mental health. I don't think he's listening to what I'm saying. He can't seem to hear what I'm saying. All he hears is me saying I want to leave or me saying we should break up. You know, so before I let this issue go, one of the reasons people would give you to justify you staying in a marriage that is clearly not working is that, ah, where would you find another one? Mm -hmm. And you were coming up to 40 when you decided to exit this marriage. No, I woke up on my 40th birthday and that was the day. Ah, see? That was the day I knew for certain Hmm. that I was going to leave. So imagine you're thinking 34 and single was hard. Now, 40 and Mm -hmm. said, did it bother you? Were you scared? And do you sometimes feel like I should be somewhere? I should be with somebody? You know, would this ever happen for me? Do you ever Mm -hmm. happen? Oh, yes. I mean, there are days when, you know, tears in my house because I live by myself now. Yeah, I've always liked my own space. So I don't mind my own space. I don't mind my own company. But there are days when all I want is just to have that person that I know that no matter what, um, the person's plan A, you know, because I got married to somebody thinking he's here right now and he happens to fit into the kind of person that I think I would like to end up with. So I'm not saying I didn't love him, you know, I'm not saying I didn't have feelings, but I'm saying that maybe if this was another time in my life, maybe I would have read the signs a bit better. You know, I wouldn't be so willing to forgive certain people things i would have been like no 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 this is not for me yes so there are times when uh it is hard i will not lie there are lots of times when it is really really hard lucky for me i have a good enough support system i have friends i have family you know who kind of encourage me and just generally tell me that for me to have even left in the first place is brave enough yeah yeah because the day i was not going to go back to the house anymore i just called my parents and called my siblings and i said to them i'm, I'm leaving today yeah. and i went there and i packed two suitcases and i went to my parents house you know i first of all I want to thank you before i ask you my final question i want to thank yeah. you for sharing these experiences with myself and my tribe i think that there's a woman somewhere who will need to hear this by the time we air this thank you so much um last question i want to ask you when i asked you who your african female icon that you really like uh-huh. you said yeah. why ah she was fearless <laughs> she was fearless and um whatever it was that gave her that courage and that conviction it just didn't even stop at high stopped at her passing that on to even her children and you look at somebody like that who at that time could have just chosen to be this reverend's wife hmm. chosen to be this teacher and just sat down in her house i mean she had gone to school in england and come back and you know was married and had children and she could have just sat down and continued doing what it was that she was doing before hmm. but she looked around her and she thought no 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 this is just not it hmm. women have to have a voice you know and she took it upon herself and damned the consequences she left her mark and left us with children who, who we still hear their names what, what you, was it the water in their house that they all drank well what you have said is yeah. the truth and is the perfect way to shut this down which is an ordinary life makes no sense and what an extraordinary life is is what it is to you you're the one who decides how you want to make your life extraordinary she may made her life extraordinary and how many years after we're still learning about her we're still hearing things about her i wish you my friend an extraordinary life as i wish myself thank you so much for listening to my story 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Unmask by Shio. I hope your soul has made some powerful connections to the stories that you heard on today's episode. If you gained something from this, please leave a comment or questions below this post. You never know. Today's guest may just remove their mask to connect with you offline. Don't forget to invite the African women you love to this community. More details at sheeo100.com. Thank you.